Hi, my name is Dominique, and together with my team, we produce the content for our weekly Swisspreneur episodes. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Switzerland is a good place to be an entrepreneur. The market is good, the labor market is good, we have a lot of good universities. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Renato, a very well welcome back to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you again. Well, it's really a pleasure to see you again. Yes, that's that's true. And uh, after this uh, Corona situation, it's really good to see you in person. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> you are the CEO of Clara, a tool that makes your business and your office uh, easier. And today we're going to talk about the Q&A from our community about finance questions and tax questions. So I think you're really the right person to talk about that topic. Well, we will see that later, but I'm really eager to hear the questions now. Absolutely. There are three different areas that we will cover. There were plenty of questions coming on in Instagram. The first is about company finances, the second about taxes, and the third about personal finance, especially with a focus on entrepreneurial personal finances, I would say. Wow, that will be a challenge. I'm sure you have good answers for that. We will see. So let's get started with the first part. Bjorn asked, where do I need professional advice and what can I actually manage on my own in my company's finances? Well, uh, the answer always starts with it depends. Right. It basically depends on your knowledge. But uh, the modern systems we have today really try to push these limits towards the entrepreneur. So it means he can do much more on his own and he will, le- will need less accountant uh, advice for uh, for other things. Basically, you would say the daily the daily work you do on your own, mm-hmm. and what is periodically maybe once a quarter for the tax uh, uh, forms, or especially once a year for the closure. You could uh, ask for professional advice with a accountant. I think that's a very good practical advice to follow. Yeah, what I wouldn't do is really to outsource the daily work because it's too expensive and it's not really necessary with the modern systems that we have Yeah, there are great tools that actually help you getting that under control. The next question was, what are the best tools a startup should use to manage its finances? So maybe you can really talk a bit more about the tools that are out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Clara is obviously one of them. Well, I'm not really... I have to say, as a CEO of Clara, for sure, for me, Clara is the best tool. But honestly, there are basically three different uh, tools coming up in the cloud area. And there are a lot of uh, on-site tools, which I would not recommend today. But in the cloud area, you have Bexio as one of them uh, known in the in the accounting. You have the Abacus with their Swiss Org 21. Uh, and of course, you have Clara. And the market today works between these three uh, ecosystems. And uh, as I said, for me, I have my preference. Is there one tool that makes more sense for you know smaller companies, uh, one that is more appropriate for a bit larger startups with more headcount, or are they all pretty equal? In- Honestly, they fight all about uh, uh, around the same company sizes, which is one to maybe 30, 40 people. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. So, so they really try to 
to, to win this game in, in this area. And are they also pretty comparable in terms of features and tasks that they take over from you? I think the approach are three different approaches. Okay. So one of them, they have a very strong focus on accounting and working in the network with the accountants. Mm -hmm. The other one has a very strong focus of bringing different tools together. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the Clara side, we have to focus to have it all from in one hand which means we really offer from the uh, till, so the POS system, to the web shop, to the accounting system, payroll system, uh, inventory, whatever, out of uh, one box. So it's three different approaches, uh, depending really on your demands. And I guess people just have to test them and find out what fits best Well, to I them. think so, yeah. Uh, all of them offer a free testing, and uh, uh, that's no problem. Awesome. So we know where people can get started then. Sure. Another hot topic besides the right tool for your you know, finances and administrative part is the right credit card for your business. So Lars asks, what's the best business credit card out there and why is it the best one? The, the answer is there is no best one. The answer is there, it depends really on your needs. Mm -hmm. uh, there are people out there, they simply use the credit card to do payment which means they, they use it in online, uh, like a Google accounts or something like that. So in that case, I would ask for a very cheap or even free credit card, uh, because if you only use it as a payment card, uh, you, you take the cheapest one. Right. Uh, others, they do a lot of travel, and then there's a different situation. Then I would really choose between uh, one of the more premium cards. You pay something for them, but you also get uh, like insurance coverage when something happens during your travel and uh, <clears throat> when you buy things. So they, these cards, they cost something, but they also provide much more, uh, more coverage. And it really depends on your needs. So payment card takes the cheapest one. Right. If you travel a lot, really choose a, a good uh, premium credit card. Got it. And there are also, you know, startups that actually offer credit cards, like Revolut, for example. Mm -hmm. How would you rate them compared to the traditional bank credit cards out there? I would say it's fantastic. But in Revolut, it's clear it's not really a credit card, mm -hmm. which means it's more a payment uh, card. It's very good when you have a, a lot of travel outside because the conversion rates are fantastic. Uh, you also can have paid packages with some coverages. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's really good, but at the end of the month, you have to pay the bill. In a credit situation, it's a little bit different. There you really have the credit option, when, which means you can pay your bill after 30, 60 or uh, uh, 90 days, depending on, on your, uh, your abilities. Right. So it's, it's not exactly the same, but for most people, as they use, most of us, we use credit cards basically as payment cards. Mm -hmm. And then Revolut is a fantastic uh, alternative, I would surely go for. Awesome. And you know, working and also traveling international sometimes also leads to cash flow coming in from international customers. Mm -hmm. So Bellos Igor asked on Instagram, can I use my Swiss bank account to accept international payments for my international company? And would you actually recommend that setup? Uh, I would have a question here. The, the question is, does he has operations in Switzerland? If he doesn't, then the answer is no. So you can't open a bank account here without any operations within the country. Uh, I think when you have operations here, then it's no problem. You can uh, simply manage your international payments uh, for, for a company that has any operations in Switzerland. Okay. With no operations, no chance. 
And I can imagine that if you accept foreign payments on your Swiss bank account, that there might also be fees associated with that. Yeah, the, the rule is as simple as that. If you accept foreign payments and you also need these foreign currencies mm -hmm. to buy uh, things, so for your uh, process to, 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 to get the stuff uh, to you, right. then you don't uh, convert it to a Swiss franc, but you really uh, use then a bank account in this foreign currency. So you don't have these charges. But if you don't use the money to, to buy your stuff, mm -hmm. uh, you, you once have a conversion, so, so simply convert it then. Yeah. yeah, Makes sense. So you recommend if you have expenses in the same currency that you also get paid, foreign currency, open an account in, in that, that currency. currency. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. exactly what I'm trying to say. Helva Helena asked next, how can I manage revenue incurred internationally while being Swiss-based? I know this goes in a bit a similar direction. Is there anything else that you would need to, to tackle or to pay special attention to? I'm thinking about, you know, value-added taxes or anything of that sort. Uh, no, not especially. This, this really is no problem at all. So it means, uh, she said that uh, uh, she's Swiss-based, so there is an operation here. You simply have to, what, what we said just before, you have to determine, do you want to have the bank account or do your, your, uh, yes, your accounts in the foreign currency? Only do that when you also use this foreign currency then. Uh, otherwise, uh, convert it to Swiss francs. Uh, Due to the VAT system, this is quite simple. Uh, as long as you sell in another country, it's without VAT. But of course, the rules apply of the country you, you then sell it. Absolutely. Yeah, got it. And, you know, we talk a lot about the international setups here. Because, it seems so, yes. Yeah, the next question coming from Mark45. He also asked, what's important if you also have an address but in Switzerland but operate outside of Switzerland? Is there anything else? Uh, you need to to tackle there. Yeah, it's basically quite impossible. It became quite impossible. Uh, Why is that? Uh, this, uh, based on the money laundering laws and all that stuff, you cannot open in Switzerland a Swiss bank account without having operations in Switzerland. It will be very difficult to do that. But also there is no reason to do that because you what, what would you profit from? So in this situation, when I understand it right, so the legal entity is outside Switzerland, what would it make sense to have an account in Switzerland for a legal entity that is not in Switzerland? Doesn't maybe not for good reasons. No, maybe. And, and it, will, it will be very difficult to find a bank to do that. So taxes is also a big topic that uh, people were thinking and asking questions about. So Philip asked, can you explain how the Swiss tax system works? This is a very general question, but yeah. maybe... Uh, you have some good knowledge or some good summaries to share. Well, uh, the Swiss tax system is quite complicated, <laughs> but compared uh, maybe to other countries, it's still quite simple. So maybe that is the general uh, uh, thing. So we, first we have to determine between uh, company taxes right. and personal taxes. That's one thing. And the third thing uh, maybe is the value-added tax, the VAT, mm -hmm. with the VAT system. Uh, company taxation is, compared to other countries, quite low. Uh, personal tax is, some would say, I would say in the mid-range in Europe. It's not really very, very low, but it's also not really very high. So it's, it's maybe somehow in the mid-range. What is, what is quite interesting to know is that in Switzerland, we have on one side a wealth tax, which is not very common in, let's say, the rest of Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, 
which means on your wells you pay a certain tax which basically is quite moderate we could say so it starts from a wells of 1 million uh, more or less and then it is a tax is, is quite moderate but there is a wells tax but on the other hand side there is no capital gain tax and this is much more interesting so it means that when you have assets these assets they uh, have a, a higher value and you sell them on these difference you don't pay any capital gain tax and this is very interesting for entrepreneurs because when they found the company they bring it up it uh, becomes uh, very wealthy and uh, you sell it at that moment this is without any tax that's crazy for that's, some people if you tell for that some to people, them that's crazy <laughs> and this is far better than the the wealth tax uh, the disadvantage of the wealth tax on the other side absolutely yeah I think that's a very good point to take away uh, for all entrepreneurs out there. Switzerland is the right place to start a company in that regard. It is. It is, for sure. Is there anything that you can share on the company taxes? Well, the company taxes, as I said, are quite moderate. It means that uh, at the end of the year, when you make a profit, you uh, pay a tax on this profit, which is actually around an average of 12 to 15%. It depends really on the canton you are in, and there are a lot of options you can really use to reduce this tax. So first is the whole deprecation process or the write-off process of your assets. It's quite liberal. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the situation is when you do a lot of deprecation, you lower your profit. But of course, at one day you want to sell these uh, assets and at that time you then uh, get taxed on, on, on the profit right. you do, unless you sell the whole company, then you have the capital gain situation and you don't pay any tax at all on that. So, uh, yeah, basically, that's what to mention. There are also differences from Canton to Canton. Um, some say you should go to Souk, for example, because there you have the lowest company taxes. Is that even possible or even worth it, if it's possible? Uh, the answer would also be it depends. Uh, I would say for a startup situation and for quite, uh, uh, let's say, not small, but let's say a, a, a certain size of business, this would not be worth it. First of all, you need to have uh, at least uh, some little operations there or you rent a, a lawyer or something to handle that. So you have certain costs and the smaller the company, it would not be uh, useful to, to really do that. So I would say... For a startup situation, for a company, tax is one thing that is important. I agree on that. But the access to the labor market or find the right people is even much more important. And I will not say Zug is a bad place, but it's well, it's in the greater area of Zurich, you could say. So, so Zurich is basically for startups, it's that place. To be in, in yes. Switzerland. Uh, it does not mean that you need to be exactly in the city, but the closer to the city, the better your situation to find the right yeah. people. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's fact. That makes sense. And it would even rate this much higher than the tax situation. Got it. Yeah, that's a very good comparison or also takeaway. The beauty I also think is that with taxes, you know, as an entrepreneur, if you have your own company, you can actually play around a bit to a certain degree. 
You can pay a salary, you can pay yourself dividends, Mm -hmm. or uh, you can also just leave the money in your company and reinvest it there. Mm -hmm. Is there any best practice about that setup? I know this probably also heavily depends on your personal situation, but Mm -hmm. is there anything where you say it makes sense to pay as much as possible as a salary or leave as much as possible in the company and reinvest it? Is there any general practice that you could share? I think as an entrepreneur, you would do the second thing. So you would leave as much as you can in in the company because your goal is really that your company grows and gets uh, really a, a beauty and whatever your exit scenario is at the end, uh, I would I would leave as much money in the company. But of course, you also have to live on something. So uh, I would really, maybe you could say, earlier we said that, okay, take a low salary, but take dividend. But in the meantime, the tax authorities, they do not accept everything on that. So they say you must really, at least you must take a reasonable salary because this also pays in your pension fund, this pays in the social insurances and so on. And you also have, I would say you should have a balanced view. Don't take too much salary, but take a reasonable one. Uh, I would not take at the end uh, some dividend, but you can do because uh, the dividend is privileged uh, by the tax system uh, if you have more than 10% shares of your company. So you, you, you can deduct, depending on the canton, 30 or something percent from, from the value for the taxation. But think about before you already pay tax in the company, otherwise you cannot pay dividends. So you already lost 15%. And even if you, if you then uh, save 30, you still pay a lot. Uh, it, I would not take the money out of the company, but of course it's personal situation and it's uh, depending on the goals you have and the situation the company also is in. Got it. Maybe also a quick summary question here, or just in general, Mirta asked, why is Switzerland so famous for the taxation? You said we are actually average uh, on the personal tax level, mm-hmm. but more on the lower end uh, for the company taxation. Is that why Switzerland is famous? Is a tax heaven or... Is that just more a rumored and actually common practice? I would say the system at all is still quite reasonable. Mm-hmm. It, when you comp- it, it, it really depends you compare to what. If you de- compare it to, let's say, the countries around us, it's still tax heaven because the system itself is not very complicated. You have uh, certain possibilities to deduct things. And what is also famous in Switzerland, when you have a very complex situation, you can go to the tax authorities and ask for a ruling, which means that you can discuss before you do the transaction what would be the best way to save taxes, and they really want to help you. This is uh, something quite strange for other countries, but you really can ask what is the best way to do this transaction. If you, Let's say you want to sell the company or you want to do transactions between companies like asset deals and so on. So you really can go to them, you can ask what is the best way to do, and then you they agree with you on the so-called ruling, which means they will not change their mind after you do the transaction. Yeah, that's very helpful. That's really helpful and that's uh, also useful. And that's also a point which will reduce dramatically the disputes. So there are not a lot of uh, cases uh, on the tribunal for for such things because when you ask before, it's still free. You get a ruling. They will accept the ruling. That's quite good. So the answer is the tax system in Switzerland is not very cheap. I said personal tax average, company tax may be quite low, but the behavior is quite uh, 
intelligent, I would say. So I wonder why not more companies or countries, actually not companies, countries would actually, you know, copy that practice. I think it's a cultural thing. I think it's depending here also on the direct democracy. Mm -hmm. We are really used to get involved in these things and uh, maybe the, the, the power distance between the government and the company is much lower. So you, you see, especially in the canton of Zug, I, I think they treat the companies as partners. Mm -hmm. They don't see themselves on top and uh, the small companies, even if the big ones, but uh, down there and they have to behave like the government uh, has to, to say. Uh, I think it's more, more equal. That for sure helps to strike a good deal. That's that's that, that's find sure. common understanding. Yeah, cool. So there was also another question. You know, uh, we heard about the tax system. I think you provide us with a very good overview. But there's still the question: What are some steps that I can take as an entrepreneur to get the most out of my tax return? Also, like for foreigners, like Quellensteuer, for example, being taxed at the source. Are there any like you know tips that you can give there? Um, how you can still optimize the taxes? Uh, to a certain degree? Well, first of all, really uh, uh, fill out the forms. Yes. <laughs> uh, because when you you uh, under withholding tax uh, mm -hmm. regime, then you have two options. You don't do anything, so the withholding taxes pay, but then you lose money. So right. I would really fill out the forms. And uh, if you fill out the forms, you have exactly the same rights and the same situation like a Swiss citizen. So you can do all the deductions for traveling, for uh, whatever you have expenses to do your job. It's exactly the same. And at the end, uh, you get a taxation like a Swiss citizen. Mm -hmm. uh, and the difference is uh, uh, with the withholding tax, you, you get a payback. Uh, the, the advice is simple. Do fill out the forms and do uh, really inform yourself, do everything you can to deduct. I can tell you that if you deduct too much, the tax authorities will inform you immediately. Absolutely. They will know. <laughs> yeah. But I also had the situation, especially in the canton of Zug, I deducted less than I could and they informed me too. They said, oh, you can deduct more here. I've never Maybe heard that before. Maybe this is quite a strange behavior, but it happens here. <laughs> Didn't happen to me in the canton of Bern yet. Yeah, that's that's obvious. <laughs> so personal finance, that would be the next topic to also tackle. Mm -hmm. Do freelancers pay less taxes? That was one question that we got. And do any rules in, in form of taxation on a personal level change based on the profession or anything else? Do freelancers pay less taxes? I think uh, the, the question is somehow compared to an employee, I guess. So exactly. I, I somehow read it like this. Uh, that's very difficult for me to answer. Basically, I would say no, mm -hmm. but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, when you are a freelancer, you somehow are a self-employed, uh, like a single entity company. Right. Uh, I would say, bottom line, there is no difference. Maybe as a freelancer, you have a little bit more flexibility in deducting some expenses. Mm -hmm. But bottom line, I would not say this will make a big difference. I think it's then more probably for like the second pillar and so on, where you have yes, more freedom. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Well, maybe you can optimize a little bit more, but you also need to do the effort. Right. Yeah. So then it probably equals to a zero-sum game in the end. I would say so. And based on the profession, the profession itself, I do not see any influence 
but of course the profession has an impact on the how how high your uh, income is uh, uh, and then uh, but the profession itself not really has an impact uh, it's more the business you do like if you need a car you can deduct this and so right. on so is there also you know being self-employed then you don't have the the legal company formed you are acting under your own name That's would you true. recommend to start and actually also found a company as soon as possible or do you say that doesn't really matter too much you could also do everything under your own name you ask as an entrepreneur exactly then i would quite quickly go and found a company a legal company Why? the reason is very simple if you work on your own then there is this is not an entity at the very moment it's always relied with your person with your with your human being right and you cannot sell anything because it's you yourself so uh, it's for example you started a business as a single entity mm-hmm. and you want to to sell it it's not possible because you are yeah. the 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 company but well, then you just pay a lot of taxes yes, if you sell that, sell I, it that i way. personally would go uh, as quickly as possible to a legal entity also to reduce your risks because as uh, as a single entity you 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 also uh, are hold accountable for all the risks so i think the message is clear yes. go out there and found yeah. the companies yeah. as soon as you can afford I, it. i would do so i would do so so now a very interesting topic do you have any personal finance or investment tips for entrepreneurs for example like what to invest in should you go into real estate if there's any money left how much should you save all of these things uh, it's also a topic that i'm very passionate about so i guess we could talk about in just one podcast hour about just that topic <laughs> <laughs> but honestly it would be very unprofessional for me to, to now give any advice so the only advice and can say to an entrepreneur invest in your own company yeah. do as much as you can that your company becomes very successful mm-hmm. then you yourself are also very successful and whatever is your exit strategy uh, it can be a very good very good choice uh, all the other advice there are a lot of banks and uh, a lot of uh, <laughs> other companies who want to give you all these advices uh, long term uh, first of all long term i would only go for uh, real values but long term i simply say an entrepreneur goes for his own company that's also probably where you can influence the most right yeah, you cannot influence the stock market for yeah, example no that's that's quite difficult <laughs> you need to be really wealthy to to be able to yeah right <laughs> but still if somebody thinks about diversifying um yeah. you mentioned real assets so where would you go would you go into stocks real estate what would you I, i would rather go uh, to a bank to be uh, clear and i would talk to them i would give them my risk profile and there are really good products out there you you today you can really customize uh, whatever is your needs some people say we we want to go very ecological others say we want to go uh, we want to change the world so uh, we want to go in new technologies only so it's a huge option of whatever your personal feeling and uh, your personal desire is and there are a lot of good products there and you will find one that fits to you i think when when you go for your own and you only uh, you you just do try to do it for yourself it's very hard to to not lose uh, uh, control out of that so i would basically go to professional service and the last question that i got in that regard was from santiago copoleta 
he asked, can I get a mortgage without being a Swiss citizen or non-resident? Mm -hmm. I started with the first question, it depends. I also would say here, it depends. Because the, the first question we need to answer is the, is the asset you want to get the mortgage for. Is it in Switzerland? If the asset is here, so the house or the, the, the land or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, then it is possible that you get a, a Swiss uh, mortgage mm -hmm. from a Swiss bank uh, for a non-resident. Non if the asset is outside Switzerland, it's almost impossible. Forget it. Yeah. Forget it. Absolutely. Would that then probably also apply if you have you know, a new house that you want to buy or a new office uh, abroad? Is that law also applicable to other countries? The answer is yes, but let's say the situation, you are in Switzerland, mm -hmm. you have already maybe assets here, and now you buy, let's say, a house in Spain, mm -hmm. then it's possible that it gets financed through a Swiss bank. But most of the time they have a counterpart in another country, right. and most of the time they would recommend you to go there, but it is possible, it's also legally no problem. And, and the big uh, companies like Credit Suisse, UBS and so on, they even have uh, locations outside Switzerland in, in certain countries. And the bigger the bank, the more they cover uh, from the world. But basically it's like uh, the, the, um, the mortgage is getting there where the asset is. Yeah, yeah that's, that's for sure. That's for sure. Awesome. Yeah, because the asset itself also is the guarantee for the coverage of sure. the mortgage. Yeah, and that's trickier if it's uh, abroad and you have to get it from yeah, there. Yeah, and, and that's why I said it depends. It depends also on the country. So uh, it, it would be possible that a Swiss bank will invest uh, or will finance you something that is in Germany because uh, also the law is quite close and so on. Right. If the, there's a totally other country, the far away, the, the less uh, right. likely it is. That, that makes sense. Money. Cool. So these were all the questions from the community. Um, wow. Do you have to add anything else to company taxes, uh, personal taxes, or also personal finance that's on your mind? Well, I, I would summarize it like this. Uh, Switzerland is a good place to be an entrepreneur. The, the, the market is good. The labor market is good. We have a lot of good universities. You find a lot of uh, interesting people. The labor law is quite uh, moderate compared to other countries, so you can also take some risk. And if it doesn't work out, uh, you, you won't get uh, shot then. Uh, so it's a, it's a good place to do a, a entrepreneur business. Uh, well, simply simply just start. Absolutely. And the message that you mentioned a couple of times that really stuck with me, invest in your business. Yes, invest in your business. Awesome. Renata, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure talking to you again, and thank you for all the good in insights and advice. Yeah, also for me, it was very, very convenient. Thanks a lot. Hope to see you soon. Before you go, just a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode was brought to you by SBB Startup. The Swiss Railways recently launched their own startup program. If you think that your company or your idea is a good fit to the Swiss railways, get in touch with them at sbbstartup.com. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. Stay connected with the Swisspreneur community through our LinkedIn and Instagram profiles. Make sure to subscribe to our show on whatever podcast platform you're using. See you next week for a brand new episode of The Swisspreneur Show.